The G-Men Podcast brings you inside our community and lets you listen in on the conversations that empower men to win in life and business. Sometimes we can't wait for people to come to us. We got to go to them. Let's go. got to have critical thinking in a time of crisis. Be conscious of who you are connecting Any crisis, you got what? The brotherhood. All right, Coach K, something I always want to bring to the forefront is you know, the history of G-Men, I love when Mr. Terry is right next to you because I think that gets you guys both going. How important is it to have someone like Alfred in your life, especially when, you know, you have some dreams, some goals, some things that other men need, but sometimes your own family or your own lifestyle isn't the sounding board for those ideas? Yeah, yeah, man, it's so powerful because G-Men has been around since two thousand and three, four, really in the 90s, but just different names. And to have Alfred here is great because he was one of the original, uh, back then it was Men Exchange. Um, And so for me to be able to see him grow and go through life and him to be able to see me grow and after 18, 19 years, still be able to go out in the world and build and grow together, it means everything because when you have people with you that saw you win, yeah, you were back there still drinking, smoking, hustling, and for us to see each other come out of the mud together, go through divorces and uh, bad parenting and yeah. just grow together, and we can tell each other stories about win and then the way we are now, I think that most men miss that. Mm-hmm. You know, we grow up with young men. With, we, we grow up with friends that are in our vicinity, but to be able to choose your brothers and choose the men that you hang with based on what you have in common, that means everything. Yeah. Mr. Terry, for you, Alfred, what about men exchange, Coach K, and just cap, catching that vision early resonated with you that you kept encouraging him to step out? It's just that whole connection with the men in general and what we went through growing up in life Mm. and having a platform to share it with because, um, as you know, Kendall was at the uh, barbershop at the time and, you know, you have different conversations at the barbershop, but once you leave the shop, how can you voice those conversations? How can you voice what you're going through? And just real men, real conversations, real talk. And to um, be vulnerable and we saw that um, a lot of men don't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. 
Let me say this. My man was getting on my nerves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's just let's just get this out here. So we, you know, we stopped doing G-Men for a minute. Yeah. And then, you know, because I had fell off. I went back to drinking and hustling and doing my thing. And I didn't feel right being in front of men. And my man here was like, he would hey, hit me up. And when we're gonna start, when we're gonna kick it back off. I'm like, what? And then a couple of times, you know, I attempted to yeah. start it. We had one or two meetings, but it, it didn't have, it didn't stick. Because we weren't solid. Yeah. Like individually, I wasn't solid. And so I would tell my sons, I'd be like, I can't do it. Like, I can't. The the last group that we had that was still men exchange, we had one or two meetings. Mm. I tried to get the momentum back. But I was I was still dirty. Mm. I was still drinking. I was still doing a few other things that we're not going to talk about on the podcast. Yeah. But I was dirty. And I've always been the dude that's like, I can't stand in front of people and I'm not clean. I ain't washed. But because he kept hitting me up, just randomly, I'd be like, why is P's calling me? Why is he texting me? Hey, when are you going to start it back up? When are you going to start it back up? That was the internal push for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I'm be honest, even when we finally did do it, I still heard him in the back of my head. He Low key, I don't even know if I ever told him this. He was the inspiration underneath mm. because I could always hear his voice because nobody else would come back to me and be like, when are you going to kick yeah. it back up? Yeah. And I even said to myself one time, why don't you kick it back up? I might have told <laughs> him told that. Me to, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a private meeting with one other guy that was a part of it and we sat down, tried to strategize, but it still went right. Mm. And we don't want to do nothing if it ain't right. 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 So it was all about timing, let it sit, let it breathe. Then we came together and kicked it off and it's been Full throttle ever since. Come on. Well, Dana, I remember the first time I saw you in LA mm-hmm. and it was at a G Men meeting. What attracted you to the platform, Dana? Wow. Um, so, so I don't even remember how I discovered uh, Coach K's Instagram channel, but, but it was something about his energy. It was something about his swag, the way that he talked. I, I feel like I was a knucklehead mm. and I needed somebody to like. I always, when I played football, I he just called me a knucklehead. I liked, I remember Coach James, he was a coach and he was like, somebody give me a helmet. And he'd put on the helmet and then go head up with a with a teenager. I'm like, he's nuts, but I like his energy. Mm. So so yeah. um, what attracted me was Coach, coach K, the way he spoke was real, raw, and authentic. And I think you can sense that energy when you grow mm. up in a certain environment. And so the whole time I had plans on going to the the uh, ETA conference, but at the last minute, Coach put a post up and he was like, G-Men meet up. I booked a ticket. Uh, what's that cheap bus? Um, mega. Mega bus. <laughs> Never, that's the only time I've ever rode mega bus. Got a mega bus ticket. I said, I'm going to meet Coach K. Mm. And it was interesting because I met you two at the same time. And I remember Coach K walked up. He had Jonathan Jones with him and uh, someone else. And Coach K, I said, I said, what's up, Coach K? And he acted, he greeted me like he knew me the entire time. So so it was the message mm. and it was the delivery of his message that uh, attracted me. I was just determined, look, I, if nothing else, I want to be able to meet Coach K because he seems like a real authentic brother with a real story. Bernard, that was when the ground was shaking. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and I felt famous because I yeah. was the ground was shaking. I was like, hey. All right, so let's let's go here real quick because, you know, people are still on the fence about what we do in G-Men. They're still on the fence about the G-Men worldwide platform. And what's some of the few things that you say 
to them. And we'll start with you, Mr. Terry, because I know your passion just for encouraging men, even men who are in G men who at times uh, miss a call or two, miss an event or two. And then you hear what they're going through and you always challenge them, stop going through it alone. So what would you say to those men about getting reconnected, even joining our free Facebook community, if at the least? I mean, it's just a place where you can come and you feel safe and um, just get off your chest what you're going through. And like I stated earlier, a lot of us go through life and we hold everything in and we let it out in other ways, in other areas, like with your uh, fiance or your spouse or at work because you got so much bottled in. Yeah. But within G-Man, you can be vulnerable. You can talk about relationship issues you're going through. You can talk about um, issues going through with either porn or drinking mm-hmm. or um women in general, whatever you're going through yeah. in life, we can come together in a brotherhood and it's like the blueprint of life. Yeah. Someone in the Jeep men have been through what you've been through and we can tell you how we got through it. And it's all about iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. and being able to express, I've yeah. been through this, this is how I got out. I can't tell you how to do it, but when I went through it, I did boom, 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 and this is what I did. But if you do it this way, this is where it's gonna lead you. Right, right, facts. What about you, Dana, when, when guys are on the fence? I don't know about this, Dana. I don't know if this is for me. What would you say to them? It's interesting because as a as a fraternity member, I remember um, hanging around a lot of people based on commonalities that was in a certain lifestyle. Right. I was known as uh, the angry Mexican when I was born. Mm. <laughs> Are you Mexican? No, you just look like a Mexican. <laughs> And then when they hear him from California, they're yeah. like, he didn't have to yeah. cross the board. Um, so, so it's it's that and and knowing, okay, I was known for smoking weed. Like, like they everybody knew. Yep. If, if Dane pulled up, he got some trees. Um, he got some drink. My line name was Crown Royal. <laughs> so when it comes to, to G-Men, when I finally got sober, People were amazed that I moved back to California where it's legal to smoke weed and I still remain sober. So by this time, I'm like, okay, I had to already go through that period of seclusion so that I could get sober. Right. Now it's time to choose the people that I'm surrounding myself around based upon where I'm going, not where I came from. Our family, we were forced to be family members. Yeah. Our environment, like Coach K said earlier, we chose people based upon our environment. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that point in life where you know, okay, this is absolutely where my direction is. Now I need to choose people. I, I have the opportunity to choose people to join me on this journey. So G-Men, uh, the natural feeling that I got when I met Coach K and you all from the first time, I knew like, okay, this is something I could do. I could be real and raw. I could uh, share my story and share things that I was going through. And I knew not only was I going to, I wasn't going to get a pity party. Right. I was going to get something to actually help me get through that situation. And then there was no judgment. Brothers were just like, Come on. oh man, you never know what you share. And a brother might say, man, mm. Dane, I'm glad you mm. shared that because I've been dealing with mm. that. And I yeah, felt yeah. comfortable. And they wouldn't have brought it out until they heard you say it. Boom. And now the floodgates are open. Men sharpen men. Yes, sir. Come on. Come on. So before I let you answer that, Coach K, you know, one of the things I always share is that I have four natural brothers. So and when I was born, I had an older brother. So I don't even know what it feels like to show up to a fight alone. It doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. And as an adult, as you were saying, 
Dana, I have chosen people to fight with me mm. and for me. And sometimes they're fighting for you without your permission. And when you finally overcome the addiction, the habit, the issue, you're like, I didn't know until you know. Right. And I think that's the best thing about brotherhood is that you have people in your corner who not only believe in you, who not only will show up to fight with you, but for you. So that's what I tell people about G-Men. What about you, Coach? So I didn't have any brothers. Um, and I've been looking for a man. And hear me. I've been looking for a man since I was a young boy. Mm. And so my pop was my guy. You know, he was an alcoholic. He was short. He was our size, Dana. Maybe shorter than both of us. Actually, maybe shorter than you, because I think I'm taller than you. But I would get upset when my mother would treat him wrong mm. as a little boy. Then my uncle, who, who's like my pop, taught me how to ride. I've been looking, then walking with other men in my life, powerful men. I've been looking for a man. If you look in my bookshelf during those times and now, it's all on manhood. Mm. I didn't know I was looking for a man until I became a man. Every man is looking for a man. Yeah. You looking for a brother that's going to fight with you, that you can be real with, that you can chop it up with. Yeah. And so for me, when we started back in the day with Men Exchange, we were looking for men. I wanted to be around men. I love women, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's a time and a place for everything. Yeah. And so for me, G-Men is about first starting with me being the man that I've been looking for my whole life. Come on. Because like Dana said, there's other men out there that are looking for men. Yeah. And if I'm silent or I'm not sharing my manhood experience, my life experience, you can't hear it to be like, yup, I needed to hear that. You won't hear it to be like, yep, I needed yeah. that. And so for me, it's about come and be a part. Uh, I'm, I know all of us are going to say brotherhood, but I'm going to say it a little different. Come and be a part of manhood yeah. because it's in here where we're actually growing, where we're experiencing life together. And I always say last thing, Bernard, a crooked stick doesn't know it's crooked until it sees a straight stick. Let that breathe. I was crooked. And I didn't even know I was crooked until I saw a straight stick. Yeah. So my objective, my goal, my target in life is to be a straight stick because somebody that's crooked is looking at my stick. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah, we got to let that breathe. breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, I think we've all been here where there has been a blocker, something stopping you from starting an addiction, a habit. And I believe that for men, because men are usually trained from a young age to man up, it tricks us into suffering in silence. And we don't go ask for help. Hey, how did you, have you ever dealt with, where do I start? So what I want us to touch on is maybe one thing that you just said, whether it was porn, whether it was alcohol, whether it was women, whether it was living a double life. All the above. All the above. And you just said, you know what? Enough is enough because the people I love and the people who love me, they need the best version of me. And I need to show up as their best option and not their only option. So what was that thing for you, Coach K? Then we'll hit you, Dana, next, and then Mr. Terry. Yeah, it was real simple for me. It was um, it was the bottle. I was drinking, but the bottle was connected to. 
Mm. Uh, dope, cigarettes, bad choices. Yeah. I remember talking to myself in the mirror one day, and I'm for real, for real, and I was sober. Uh, I was like, yo, you better than this. Mm. In order for you to do what you're supposed to do, you're going to have to stop drinking. And you know, I always tell the story when I stopped drinking, but what people don't mm. ever hear is the two, three, four, five years where we were saying it, but never did it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Or you'll stop for 20 minutes and do that. But it had got to the point where, um, and I always tell this, I'm going to keep it sh super short. I was out drinking one night and hit my wife up like I had done and said, ah, I'm going to stay out here because I didn't want to take the drive because I had already caught a DUI. But it, and it was that silence mm -hmm. on the other end of the phone. It was in that silence that I was like, mm, this one feel a little different. Mm -hmm. And I could feel like she was done. Like, mm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm good. And when I felt like I was about to lose it all, because that's my, she my partner, that's my best friend, right? Yeah. It was at that night where I was like, I'm done. Now, I had said it before, but it was something happened that night. I was still drinking, but I couldn't get drunk. Mm. And I woke up at five o'clock in the morning and got on the highway to go back to the house. And I threw out the pack of cigarettes that I had and I made up in my mind, I'm going to stop. And it took me 30 days to build up the strength to get the consistency. And I stopped. When I stopped drinking, it wasn't about the bottle. It was the discipline that I used to stop that. And I said, I need to ride this momentum out. And then things started falling into place. Mm -hmm. And once you build momentum and things start, it's like we start working out. Right. You start seeing the weight come off. You see the guns coming back. You got a little shine on your face. You're like, yeah, no, no, no. I can't go back to that. I can't go back to what I yeah. was. And that's where I'm at now. And so when I saw the relationship with my wife shift, I was like, ooh, I felt a little stronger mm -hmm. because I felt like I was, my wife said to me one time, I was in the garage drinking and I was coaching somebody on the phone. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, 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 don't. And I was on the phone coaching and I, you know, I'm amped. I go in the room. I'm like, yeah, I was just on the phone with so-and-so. I was coaching and she looked at me. I was like, why are you looking at me like that? She said, what make you think they listening to you? I was like, cause I'm dropping some good stuff. She said, you doing what they do. You ain't you. What makes you different from them? How you think somebody listening to you and you just like them? I was like, ooh. she said, how are you going to separate yourself? It was at that moment, like I realized that in order for me to do what I need to do, I have to do what they don't do. Mm. So mm. the separation, I stopped drinking. I started exercising and getting right. I'm in, I'm in momentum now. I got to read more. I got to study more yeah. because you got to be the example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come on. What about you, Dana? For me, uh, same thing, the bottle. I, you know, I, I smoked plenty of weed. And for years, I thought weed was the problem. Mm. But I realized weed wasn't the problem. I would put weed down. I remember I stopped smoking weed for two years and got into a relationship and went back to smoking weed. So one day I had a I had this vision, man. It was it was too real. Uh, this was about the time my older son I uh, was going through that first little puberty streak, right? Mm. And I had this vision because I had been smoking and drinking his entire life. Um, it fast forwarded in life and he was probably, you know, he was of age and of size. And I guess in the, in the vision, what I did was I went in his room. I don't know if it was I went in his room or he came up to me and I could tell he had been smoking or drinking. And I approached him like, hey, what's your problem? Like, you, so that's how we getting down? And he looked me dead in my eyes and he said, you do it. And when I had that vision, 
I said from that point on, I got to stop. Because a lot of times as men, especially when we have sons, we want our sons to admire us and want to be like us. We want to be their hero. We want to own up to the good things mm. that cause them to want us to be their hero. Talk that talk. But we don't want to <laughs> own up to the bad yeah. stuff, our dirty laundry that they take on directly and indirectly. Yep. And when I had that vision, I said, man, they watching me. I got to stop. And after that, I stopped both cold turkey. I stopped smoking, smoking weed and cigarettes. I stopped drinking. But I realized weed wasn't my problem. Alcoholism was my problem, man. So you gave back the name Crown Royal. You sent it back. You sent it back. It's still on all of my, <laughs> on all of my it's still, But, but it's, it's funny because I tell my LBs, when I show up to homecoming now, um, the first time when I was sober, I had a bottle in my hand, right? But it was sparkling apple cider. Mm. So they they see Dane coming from afar, like same, same old day. day. He got yeah. a bottle in his hand. He ready to get down. But when I pulled up, they was like, "Wait, that ain't alcohol. What are you doing, bro? You brought chaser? <laughs> nah, I don't drink no more." Let's go. Come on, come on. What about you, Mister Terry? Uh, the streets. I, um. From as far as I can remember, it was the streets. Then I got in the G-Man, I had to leave the streets alone. And I look back on my life and I'm like, I always moved with an entourage and I never saw it growing up. Mm. Like high school, going to football games or basketball games, I got my crew with me. College, we won the parties, we got my crew with me. We get to um, adulthood, I got a crew with me. Still, like you say, chasing me and I was uh, head of uh, the uh, president of a car club here in Atlanta. And, Always around men, but not doing the right things. We in the yeah. club, we chasing women, chasing money. And once I got the G man, I had to let it all go and put my wife and my family in the forefront. Yeah. Beforehand, on the weekends, I'm calling my partners up, what we want to happen out with. Versus yeah. calling my wife saying what we're gonna do this weekend. Come on. Or me and my wife got something to do, but it's a car show. Yeah. Baby, I, I got a car show Saturday, I got a car show Sunday, but we're gonna do something. We'll figure out some time to, later mm. to do something. Mm. But I was putting everything in front of my family. And like we talk about our boys and our kids, um, the fact that I was always running and in those circles doing things we didn't have no business doing, yeah. it was time to grow up and be a man yeah. and show my kids what a man is supposed to be. And throughout everything I've been through, like I say, I'm I'm the, the husband king. I've been married three times, but now I'm successfully married 10 years because of the brotherhood. I know I had to put away, like I say, what the Bible said, the childish things mm-hmm. and grow. Yeah. So I had to grow up and be a man. But with the brotherhood, I have brothers all over the United States that I'm accountable to. I never had accountability. Mm-hmm. So I can do what I wanted to do. Let me tell you how real it is for him. True story. So Scully came in yesterday. Uh, I called Alfred late on about 430 after you were done working. I think I'm like, yo, I'm about to take Scully, grab something to eat. You want to go with us? He paused. He's like, nah, I'm on my way to Home Depot to get some flowers. I'm like, huh? He said, for the house. Thursday yeah. evening. Yeah, Thursday <laughs> evening. I was like, um, well, do you want to go with us? He said, did you hear what I said? I said, I heard what you said, <laughs> but I'm not going to dictate your day. You might say, yeah, I'll be back in a minute. And then he said, nah, because I got to go plant these flowers for my wife before, and I'm going to be in the yard. So Scully and I were leaving out. We live in the same subdivision. So Scully and I were leaving out, and he was outside. 
planting flowers. I said, those real or fake? I got it on video. Those real or fake? He said, they real. I was like, ooh, you're going to have to be, yeah, I'm going to be watering them and cultivating them and taking care of them. And when we pulled off, I told Scully, I was like, yo, he's such an example for me because he's showing me what it looks like to be selfless, to sacrifice time with other things and people and do what it is that you need to do for your wife and your family. And that is so imperative for Scully to see as a young brother newlywed. And I I appreciate you, brother, for taking on that title of the husband king because my my same (laughs) friend, brother, I, I love my LBs, right? But I tell people I've been married one and a half times. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And 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 they we have this running joke like, oh, dang, you will marry him. But it's crazy because after you take that time, you got to at certain, some point realize like, hold up, wait. All these women can't just be crazy. Yeah. And when you sit there and you start evaluating your own decisions, it's like, oh, you know what? I got some things I need to fix. Yeah. So let's let's close with this. I want each of you guys to share and, and go as personal and as visible as you need to. Why do you think we struggle with that self-assessment of just taking a look at ourselves based on the path we've carved out? You know, if it's divorces, if it's side chicks, if you're sneaking in and watching porn, if you're still drinking and it's causing you to have DUIs or lose opportunities. Recent client of mine's is weed. Lost a $100,000 a year job over weed. And it's challenging to hear men go through those challenges because at times they forget that it's their job to look at themselves. And I love what you said about, you know, sometimes you don't know that you're crooked. But I think we we have opportunities through G-Men, other platforms, the Internet being a major one of figuring out how to see who we could be or value or self-assess and start that process. Why do you think men are still so and the way I always look at it is like they're terrified to take a good look at themselves in the mirror? We'll let you start, Dana. We'll go around to Coach K. It makes me think of. um our childhood a lot of times, you know, because because in our childhood, we start, we come to a certain age, for me, right, I got a bunch of brothers too, I got four brothers, and I remember my older brother, who's now like an American hero, but I saw him um, stealing, Mm. he used to use me as the lookout, and what was funny was his right hand man, in the military, his right hand man pops with CID, (laughs) so you got a white boy, and a black boy, but white boy pops is the popo. Mm. So when they got caught up, white boy got away with it. Mm. I saw my oldest brother every day, a military backpack full of porn magazines. And he'd come in the house and drop them down. And guess what? I'd go up there and, <laughs> and look at him. So, so we, in our upbringing, we find a way to hide. Mm. We find a way to mask. My mom was in the church every time the church opened up, brother. And on Friday, going to choir rehearsal, and we had to be there with her. Mm. So we find a way to hide things, and it, it's not until you get, you pretty much done made a, a ton of bad choices before you realize, like, wait, 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 wait. Look where this got me. Mm. 
And we, we're quick to blame instead of saying, hey, this is what I chose to do. So ultimately, I feel like we get used to hiding what we do. Yeah. Mom didn't want us listening to early music. Yeah. So I hid my CDs and my tapes. Did it behind mom's back. So when you get used to doing things behind your parents' back, as a young child, you you so used to hiding things that you don't even realize you even hiding from yourself. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Terry? You know, just as growing up, you taught to be a man. Men don't show emotion. Men don't cry. Yeah. So um, even... I, I might have seen my dad cry twice at uh, a funeral. Like I say, you never see a man cry till you see a man die. Mm-hmm. So we taught to be macho, but we hurting on the inside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've had friends commit suicide and things of that nature. And that's what I like about the G-Men because we can talk it out. Yeah. And I can share about, I had somebody do this, or I went through this. Yeah. So once you hear my story or someone else's story, you're like, man, my story ain't half that bad. All day. Yeah. But as long as we holding stuff in, it goes back to that crock pot. You still it boiling up, boiling up, and it's gonna come out somewhere, but it's that being vulnerable that as men, we haven't seen. Yeah. I can't show you what I'm going through because you're gonna not even bully me, but you're gonna talk down on me. Right. You might talk, have a side conversation with yeah. Dana about me. Yeah. But with my brotherhood, I can talk to Dana, I can call Bernard, I can call yeah. Kendall, and I can discuss whatever, no matter how deep it is, I'm going through. And that way I can let it out. And Kendall tell me, I can go through something. It can be my wife, it can be one of the kids. I'm calling, hey, man, this just happened. <laughs> Wait, and then he'll call me and I, I'll be like, boom, boom, boom. And he'll be like, too late, I already, uh, I done already messed it up. I was like, well, why you call me? I just need to get it off my chest. <laughs> you have to release that concept it. feels better too, yeah, though. Exactly. Yeah. Just the fact of releasing it, like you said, sometimes it's like, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But I can look at the news sometimes, man, and you see a brother that did some murder somebody, did something real crazy wild, I'm like, if he had somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. yeah. if he can let that out, yeah. this would have never happened. Let me, let me let me say this. Um the two words, um, exposure environment, put those to the side. Exposure environment. But we all gotta remember we all grew mm-hmm. to where we are. Mm-hmm. Not by age. Yeah. But by responsibility and maturity. We got to allow our young boys to turn into young males and develop into men. Mm -hmm. It's all of our experiences that got us to where we are. So it's the five stages in a man's life. Mm -hmm. So we come in at stage one where we are babies and we crying for attention and love. Like even as young men, we crying for attention attention and love. Then you go to stage two, which is a youth, a youthful young, young, young male, where you are yearning yeah. for attention and love, right? Then you come into stage three, which is a young male, where we acting out. Yeah. And these are the ones that we're talking about yeah. now. You acting out. Yeah. You a teenager, you a young in your 20s, you drinking, smoking, doing all your things, living life like all of us have done mm-hmm. and have stories to tell. But a lot of times we want our young males to be stage four <laughs> and they haven't finished stage three. Yeah. And we have to learn as men to be more empathetic and more compassionate and learn how to develop, not teach. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Develop them. Yeah. And that's by example, Alfred and I do once a month with our young sons, mm-hmm. right? That's development. And so in stage three, as they're acting out, just be there for them mm-hmm. to share exposure and experience with experiences with them. Then they will mature 
into stage four, which is a grown man. That's where you give love and attention. But you're not where you need to be because at that point, we're just giving it only if we're receiving something. Right. And then we develop. We mature into stage five. And that's where we are love and attention. That's where you the husband king. That's where you, you know, you with your, you got the apple cider bottle in the apple <laughs> stick. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, but because you only where you are now, you're only where you are now, you only where you are now because you went through stage one, two, three, and four. And then you got exposed to the brotherhood. And then you put yourself in an environment of men. Right. Stage five men. And then now we can grow in five together, but stop beating our young boys up. And just put them in an environment and expose them, yeah. right? And and once we do that, you got to allow them to go through their go through. It's like the video I sent. Mm-hmm. Put them out in the world and let them bump their head. We did. Yeah, we sure did. But if we don't set, if we didn't have the brotherhood to develop an example, this is what it looks like. And then just open the door. Let them peek through. Let them listen in like they're doing now. And then allow them to come and mature and grow and develop into five. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think that's it for this one. I want to thank all of you guys for gathering here and for your time and for what you shared. And for the men who can't say it yet, thank you. Because I've seen my life change from each and every one of you sharing your life with me. And I've watched the lives of the men in my life change brothers, fathers, uncles, because of sharing your stories with them. And I think as we do this and we continue to be vulnerable and visible, more men's life will change and they'll find their voice. You have been listening to the G-Men Podcast. Like, review, and share this episode if something you heard challenged you to grow and positioned you to lead. The G-Men community exists to allow men to connect through group coaching, training calls, online workshops, and location-based retreats. Join the movement at gmenworldwide.com.